The show's about to start. Are you ready? going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host jeff trenopole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of new stripes baby check it out you like it i like it i think it's nice and clean you got the the new orange and right behind me got the old orange now if you guys found the show do me a favor hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up we did it. I'm over a thousand subscribers, 1,100 to be exact. So I, or excuse me, 1,001, sorry, to be exact. I appreciate every single one of you guys. You guys are awesome. Let's try to get it rolling, get to 2,000. Now, this show and every show, as always, is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. You need an apartment, a house, a condo. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com. They'll have all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. Like I said, new stripes. I was out there early this morning. Me, Jungle Joe, Zim for Orange and Black Podcast was all there. Orange is the new Black Podcast was there. We got our new uniforms. I did a video that earlier today. It's on the channel. If you have not watched it, please check it out. But I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty happy with it. The, the nine, the number you see, is a little different. If you see this part right here, it's kind of a pointy part, and that one's a block. So that's about the only difference in the number-wise. You got the Bengals instead of the B. The best part that I like is the Paul Brown signature that is stitched in. And you have to keep that in mind because Paul Brown, if it wasn't for him, we would not have the Cincinnati Bengals. As you can see right there in the corner, in the back of it, it's Paul Brown. It's, uh, like I said, I think it's a nice, clean jersey. I got the orange one. You know, they got orange, black, and white. But uh, go check them out and go buy some a new jersey. Now I'm bringing my boy, Jeremy D., who does not have a new Bengals jersey like I do. 
So he's completely jealous. What's going on, D? Throwing off my gear. That's what I'm doing, man. <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, I'm done with this podcast. You know, uh, just getting to sit back and watch you enjoy your jersey for the day, pretty much. Um, I will tell you what about the jersey. You know, That's all. we all hated the doorknob jerseys. And I got to tell you, what uh, looking at these jerseys on players and the mixtures, I like it. I like now. There's one little thing I don't like, and then the big thing I love, which is already something you do. But if I had just a little, eh, I feel like the shoulder pad version of where your shoulder pads go and the stripes, they're 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 a little simple, but at the same time they're sleek. Well, and the cool I, thing about the, the, the like stripes. What they – I got this from Good Morning Football. What uh, the Nike executives did, or at least they were they told Good Morning Football they did, they went and studied actual Bengal Tigers when they were, like, on the prowl, like when they're right. getting ready to pounce and what their stripes look like. And that's what these supposedly look like. That's why they're a little different than what we've been used to. So that's yeah. – those stripes on the helmets are exactly the same, which I don't want them to mess with the helmet. I like the helmet. Yeah, I do too. A lot of people are saying, you know, why not do one white helmet for a whiteout game? Which I don't think they, they, they can't. They can't. So yeah, NFL won't let them. Yeah, um, but other than that, I think actually it kind of looks sleek, and I think it's actually going to look sleeker on a jersey. It's going to kind of all come in one tone. I mm-hmm. even like the black ones. I feel like the black ones get are a little even darker and some darker orange. They played around with. I love it. Well, it's, this is definitely a brighter orange than the old jersey. It is. It's 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 way more. It's more. Um, to, and to, it's, a, it's just to answer Brad's question. Here is one hundred fifty bucks at the pro shop. Is what it was. Yeah. So they, I already they asked Brad. <laughs> Not what you're wrong though. Good question. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, one fifty. Mm. But I'll be there, and yeah. I love the Paul Brown dude. You can't beat that stitching. Yes. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. It, that that's great. Uh, good, well done to whoever and however. And we're getting younger in the in the front office, so I can just see things moving forward, man, and and getting better and better for the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with it. But uh, let's get on to our guest who was uh, able to join us today. Now, if you guys uh, ever check out his podcast, he's uh, Jeff Carr. He's from the Locked On Reds podcast. He does it every single. Now he literally does it every single day, especially during. The season. So, if you want to know anything, Reds, this guy is more locked in on everybody. So let me uh, let me do this real quick, and I'll bring him in. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, brother? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks Thank for you. thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. It's good to be talking some Reds with you. They are fun, and they deserve to be talked about. Exactly. They are nine and six. They're in first place, one game up on the Milwaukee Brewers. I like it. But let's get to news of the day with Red. Nick Colasto, this is what I call him. Nick Castellanos lost his appeal. Now, I have a question for you guys. And, and I, I showed this to uh, Jeff earlier, but does this look like he's instigating anything? I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's the victim. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm pretty sure Malin's hand is on, on him trying to pull him back. Yes. That that's would a, be right. 
it, it, and he's walking team. away. I I, just, I I cannot understand how they suspend him. He files an appeal, and then what feels like years later, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're gonna uphold that." Really? Right? Come on. I, I, I mean, this is uh, this is the one that that upset him. That's what upset him. <laughs> but all he said was, "Bleep, yeah." He didn't touch the guy. <laughs> you know, Malia's the one that came out and, oh, 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 you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that. That's, dude, come on, relax. Yeah. And then Melina's the one who actually bumped the umpire. So I'm pretty sure, I thought when you bump an umpire, look, you can see it right there. He's hit them with a the shoulder and look at the umpire's going sideways. It ain't from Castellanos. You know, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Melina's the one that, that bumped the umpire. And far as I know, when you bump an umpire, that's an automatic ejection, I thought. Yeah, and and the annoying thing is we will never know the reasoning behind the upheld suspension because when you look at the language as to why he was even suspended, it was aggressive actions and instigating the benches to clear. It's like last I checked, he was already in the field of play, <laughs> and the Cardinals are like you know full a roster full of grown men. So I I don't think he caused them to lose their seats. Like well, nope. why is he the one at fault here? Like come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Molina's That's the one right. that went after. You could watch the video. He's, I mean, he stepped and said, Yeah, and he's walking away. Then Molina, hey, and he goes after him. I'm like, That's instigating it more than, like, <laughs> yeah. dude, if you can't, if, if they're okay with everybody doing a bat flipping and cheering when a pitcher, you know, strikes somebody, like, I just saw Trevor Bauer uh, yesterday uh, in the uh, San Diego game. You know, he's pitching for the Dodgers now, obviously, you know that, but he struck uh, Tatis out and he's like, Girl, I'm like, He's bobbing his chest and all that. I'm like, well, how's that any different than what Molina did? Yeah. I mean, ta- you know, uh, ta- he didn't come out to go go after with a bat afterwards. He just walked off the field. I mean, so I don't. To me, this whole thing has been completely and totally blown out of proportion. It's just another example of Major League Baseball getting in their own way. They are the best in the business at doing that. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean, you got to think about it. They're taking away. Uh, five home runs out of our lineup, man. They're taking uh, away a 295 batter, man. Yeah. You know, the guy's got 12 runs brought in. I mean, he, he's got 10 RBIs, and, and we're still early into the year. And now we're giving him two games for something that we've got video evidence of where it doesn't show. I know in the world of, Everybody's got their phones out, and if you do one little thing wrong, you could be gone forever, you know, to San Quentin. But right, they 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 took really our best player, one of them anyway, you could say, um, and kicked him out for two games. Over, we're still waiting on the exact what what the deal is. I mean, we've heard what they've said, but let's see it. Yeah. It, it's it's it literally boils down well, to the that, fact that he just got excited after scoring a run. Yeah. I mean, is that really what we're going to yeah. suspend people now for? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, right. Exactly. Like, like I mean, Puig used to do back when he was. I'd flip his bat over top of the. I mean, he, you know, he'd flip it into the pool at Tropicana Field or wherever <laughs> the hell that is. You know, I mean, come yeah. on. Well, one thing that we we can all all agree on that I think right now Joey Votto has needs to be be set down. I, I don't think he's playing so so good in the in the lineup right now. I mean, I mean, I, I just I'm really concerned about him. And if you believe anything I just said, it's complete sarcasm because Joey freaking Votto Votto is back, baby. 
Uh, yes, he, he, to me, the way he's swinging right now, he's back to the old Joey Votto. I mean, he's looked absolutely phenomenal. Last week, he hit over 400. He had a slugging percentage of like over 800. It was, or I think it was over 900, actually. It, it was it was absolutely insane. Just a great week. And in a game where Shane Bieber dominated the Reds, he mm-hmm. didn't dominate Votto because Votto got three hits that game. It was yep. just a microcosm of what last week has been for him. And I'm kind of with you. I think they need to set him down so that they can make Arizona's pitchers feel more comfortable. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, that was that was the thing I kept telling people. I'm like, they're like, oh, well, he's only hitting you know 136 or whatever the heck he was hitting. I was like, yeah, but do you see how he's swinging? Yeah, I mean, he's crushing the ball. It's just going to people, and that's honestly that's just baseball. I mean, it, it happens a lot. I mean, this weekend, what he hit one? I think one of the lowest. Uh, miles per hour coming off the bat he's had all year the the one he's swinging bunt or whatever he had that went down third baseline <laughs> yeah, right. he got a double, double out of it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he had seven hits on the weekend he actually entered friday's game with a season batting average of a buck 86 and as he sets right now on the off day he's got a season batting average of 267 <laughs> bam there you go i got a question in the chat here from landon when is uh Moustakas coming back that one, uh, it's just non-COVID related illness. So hey, it's kind of like, kind of like with Jesse. I mean, he'll probably be back tomorrow. He could be back Wednesday. It's not going to be a situation where I expect him to miss much more time. Right. Exactly. So I mean, I, I mean, people actually do still get sick. You know, so it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's a, it's a novel idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They make Mucinex and Nyquil and all that yeah. stuff taken since we were kids for a reason, guys. But he's a professional athlete, so he gets the extra stink stuff. That, that, right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Now, I, I got to give you credit. I, I, I'll give you the credit because I don't remember if you said it first or I said it, but we we're both saying it at about the same time when spring training rolled around that I thought and you thought putting Gino at shortstop was probably their best option, you yeah. know, as far as the offense goes and everything. And I think Gino has adapted and he's playing, I think they've lately here, pretty good shortstop. Now his offense still isn't there. Do you think he needs to, I mean, honestly, do you think he needs a break or you think the, the, the trying to play shortstop is, is messing with his, his batting or what do you think is up with, with Gino? I think he's going to be okay. I, I know that they set him down one day last week and maybe in hopes that that would kind of right the ship a little bit, but still looked like he was struggling. I, like we said, though, I mean, everybody except Joey was struggling against Shane Bieber, so that's right. not yeah. the greatest measuring stick. But overall, I mean, he's still looking like there's something missing. There's still a couple of at-bats where it looks like he's trying to get more of an uppercut, trying to get more of a lift mm-hmm. on – on the ball and get that launch angle up and all that good stuff. So hopefully that's something that kind of comes down here in, you know, very near future, because as the other guys in the lineup kind of come back down to earth a little bit, like I've loved Mm -hmm. what Tucker Barnhart has done, but I do not expect him to hit 380 all year long. So when he comes down, Gino's got to be back on the way up. And I think that that's going to be happening sooner rather than later. And to be honest with you, I will defer credit a little bit because my buddy Steve Offenbaker, the Reds Alert podcast, has been saying Gino is short even before this past offseason. I, mostly, it just looked that way because they swung and missed on the top three shortstop free agents. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay, the obvious answer now right. is to move Gino over there. But then Jonathan India's absolute explosion onto the scene has just necessitated that Gino stay at shortstop. The Red so. Sparrow. Yeah, Red Sparrow walking up to exactly. Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Exactly. So, so what you're basically saying with, with, with Tucker is, and it goes for Nick Cablastos. You didn't think Nick Cablastos was, was going to bat 500 all year? I mean, <laughs> probably not. I mean, there's probably a closer shot of him batting 500 than Tucker hitting 380. But uh, <laughs> no, right. I, exactly. I, but I've loved, I've loved exactly. what I've well, seen. Me, I, yeah. I, I've tweeted this out uh, lots of times here this year with Nick Cassianos. He is by, by far my favorite red right now. I mean, my favorite red yeah. on the team is Joey Votto, but right now I love Nick Cassianos. And he, to me, has become a big part of this team. And I remember Jim Day was asking him, like, are you a leader of this team? And he goes, I don't know, I don't know if I'm a leader, but he goes, I'm damn sure not a follower. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's perfect right there. I mean, because – and that, that's what I love about Nick. It's kind of like I'll do my work, and all I care about is winning. That's it. That's all that guy cares about. And that is infectious, I think, to the rest of the team. For it doesn't matter – what you're doing, as long as you're doing what, as long as whatever you're doing is helping the team win, that's all that matters. And that's a great mindset this team has now. And I know it's, I know it's kind of old school baseball fan thinking when, when I'm saying what I'm about to say, but honestly, all you got to look at is when he hits a ground ball to third base, dude is still trying to haul ass down first Mm -hmm. baseline and beat out that single. Like it's he, there is no off play. He, He doesn't, it doesn't take any plays off. Right. I mean, that's that's a perfect Cincinnati guy. I mean, that's Pete yeah. Rose, that's Chris Sabo, that's Barry Larkin. That's those guys we love. We love guys like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's what makes watching him so much fun. And and just I'm so much happier with the Reds' offense this year than last year. Last year it seemed like they were thinking too much and trying to do launch angles and trying to hit a home run. And and Joey Votto came out at the beginning of the year and said, "I'm looking to do damage." I want to put a hurting on the ball. And I think that's what the team in general is doing. They're just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere. I mean, Tony Perez, famous words, see the ball, hit the ball. Pete Rose, just hit the ball right, right back up the middle. If you put a good enough swing on it, it's going to go out. It's going to happen. I just, and I love the aggressiveness of this offense right now. And don't get me wrong. I love the idea of launch angle and exit velocity and stuff like that, but more in terms of understanding what happened and not necessarily do I want any of the guys up there up at the plate thinking like, okay, I need to angle my swing as such. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure I hit it a certain way. It's like, nah, man, you got to be simple when you're up at the plate. Like maybe think about that stuff in practice and a BP right. and stuff like that. Not during the game, during the game, it's got to be simplified. Yeah. You're, you're looking for a ball in a certain area and you're trying to put a good swing on it. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, as simple as it gets. I mean, I, I can't hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, but I'm not a major <laughs> baseball player. They can. Exactly. And, it's like, you know, anytime that ball is coming up at a hundred miles an hour and then they drop in some kind of crazy slider or curveball or the change up like Luis has or something like that. It's just like, forget about it. Like stop thinking about it too much and just see ball, hit ball. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you talk about Luis Castillo. That's, that's Jeremy's favorite uh, pitcher right now. He, uh, he's kind of struggling right now. It, it, yeah. Isn't he Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, he is, man. And I didn't see it coming, really, uh, especially after last year. But you know what? He, he, he's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're just – he, he's a few games in. He's going to be just fine. He's going to be – he's going to give it – you know, he's going to get his average back down to hopefully really close to where it was towards the end of last year. Um, and with the way our offense is playing – and this is another thing I like about the Reds and and our pitching staff. Really, um, we do have some talent there, and yeah. we've got talent on the offense as well. Like, and, and we don't need to be the Yankees. You know, we don't have to. 
go out and spend $200 million to bring this guy in. I mean, we've got a guy, uh, you know, Costanzos uh, with 12 home runs or, or 12 runs batted in right now. Um, you've got a guy named Suarez with 11, Mustakis with 10. I mean, you, you've got uh, Tyler Naquin. Is it Naquin? Yeah, Naquin. Yeah, uh, you, you said it right. I I, I screwed it up. I, I, had to make sure. I had to make sure. I didn't <laughs> want to screw up on him. But, you know, uh, with 15, Votto's coming up, RBIs, 10 RBIs there. Um, dude, we've, we, we have one, two, three, four, five guys batting over 260 right now. I mean, and these guys aren't named. I, I don't want to set it back too far, but, you know, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. or before, you know, Pete Rose or Joe Morgan or – these are just th- these are guys. A lot of them that have come up through the system, and it's exciting. And I think you know what? If the fans will just hang in there with us, I can see us having a good team and for years oh, to come. I, I'm calling. We're going to the playoffs this year. I'm already calling. That's that that <laughs> I, I, that's not a hot take. I know I told, told Jeff before the show. I'm not a hot take guy. That's not a hot take. I believe that. I believe they're going to go to the playoffs this year. Now, uh, Anthony had a, had a, a question or, or comment. You know, because because Barnhart and uh, Castillo said this the other night that they weren't on the same page as right. far as what you know how to attack. But once they got on the same page, Luis looked like the old Luis. Yeah, you saw that because the first inning they gave up the two home runs. That that game was so weird because as soon as the Reds jumped out four nothing with Castillo on the mound, you're thinking, well, well I mean, it's over. <laughs> there's plenty of game left, but this still feels pretty in the bag. And then the bottom of the first inning, the Giants are like, yeah, no, nah, we're, we're just going to tie it right now. So uh, d- yeah. don't mind us. And yeah, that's definitely one thing that you don't really think about a lot. You always talk about a pitcher's command. You talk about his stuff, his velocity, his break, like all the spin rate, all that stuff. But there's even just that simple thing of where where's the catcher's mind at and where's the pitcher's mind at with regards to the scouting report. And that's mm-hmm. what cropped up in that last start. I, yeah. I, I think that Luis is going to be just fine. I know that people are going to look at the numbers right now and be like, yeah. oh, it doesn't look good. But right. he is going to be absolutely fine. I do not expect him. I mean, he's going to have those rough patches. Every pitcher does. But I still expect him to be in the Cy Young race this year, even as is. Me too. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not worried about him at all. I mean, I mean, Miley, he, he's been a pleasant yeah, we call, we call Wiley Miley is what you're calling him. Wiley Miley. Wiley Miley. He's been a pleasant <laughs> surprise because honestly, after last year, I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I want him on the team. He couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And but Barnhart cracked me up the other day. It wasn't this last start. Started a start before that where, you know, my, oh Miley got uh, upset because he thought the other team was was uh stepping out on him and calling timeout timeout and. Barnhart was like, no, it was me. I was getting tired because <laughs> he just gets the ball back and fires it back in there. He's ready to go. And he reminds me of Tom Browning. That's and it's it's fun to watch him when he's pitching good. He's so it's so funny to watch him pitch like that because you're just thinking, like, man, he has got somewhere to be right now. Right. Like he is not having this. He you know, and, and in that Giants game, too, there was another point where the uh the ball boy ran out of the dugout to get a ball that had trickled on back to the backstop. And as he was picking it up and running it back, like Miley was in his motion for the next pitch. You're like, dude, kid, get out of there. Right. Right. <laughs> gotta be We're trying to play baseball that. here. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, golly, you're gonna get hit by some kind of wild pitch or something. But I I, I have loved the idea 
of what he has done. It's just been fastball changeup, and he works in the curveball every so often. I know he's trying to work it in there in that last start on Sunday. And to be honest with you, the trouble that he ran into was partially the defense's fault. Like, I'm not going to make yeah. excuses no, for Wade Miley. Two, two balls fall, fall in that should have been caught, probably. Yeah. And there was a lot of there. There was that one play that Farmer made that amazing diving stop, and you really got to be a Gold Glove third baseman to even make that throw. Mm-hmm. But then the next guy hits a home run. You're like that. If if Farmer converts the play, gets the third out, you're out of that inning, and right. the Indians are nowhere near where they were at that point. So I, I thought of it, and I'm like, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking like, ooh, Miley's yeah. in trouble now. And then right. you got Jeff Hoffman who just continues to pitch. Pretty darn good for what you expect from a back of the rotation type guy. Like you're not going to sit here and say he's going to overtake, you know, La Piedra for the no. ace or Sonny Gray or anything like that. But at the same token, he has been more than fine in that you know fourth, fifth rotation spot. Yeah, that that gets me to what I was saying at the beginning of of the season. I'm like, you know, everybody kept uh, pro- the prognosticators, you know, kept picking the Reds, you know like down by where the pirates would be like last or third or fourth. I'm like, yeah. you guys realize we lost one guy. Granted he's the best pitcher in baseball. We, we lost Trevor Bauer, but that's all we lost. And we still got the same team. And I kept saying is if they would change the way their their hitting approaches, which you talked about earlier in this, in, in this show that we could, these guys are going to hit like they did. Like Chris Welch always says, you know, on the back of their baseball card. So that's why I kept people saying people are, why are they sleeping on the reds? And I think it's come to fruition. Now, I did not expect them to start out the gate six and one. I mean, yeah. nobody did. But like you, you had a good point before the show, Jeff. You're talking about the, the how uh, the 1990 team was was kind of un, uh, uh, looked over at the beginning beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, in the season previews for that year, the consensus was, yeah, they're a pretty solid team but we're not picking them to do anything special because they have been so disappointing in recent years. Right. That's exactly what we were all thinking about this team. It's like, they've got some talent. They've got some guys that make us feel good, but at the same token, they just haven't done it. They haven't put it all together. Like the, the best that they were last year was two games over 500 in the regular season. And then they didn't manage to score a run Mm -hmm. for 22 innings of postseason baseball. So it's like, Uh. are we really going to sit here and get excited about that again? They came out of the right. gate and they told us, "Yeah, you should," because yeah. our first fifteen games have been pretty good, and we're gonna—we just got more where it came from. Because that's been the biggest issue in years past, too, hasn't it? Like they've come mm-hmm. out to a really slow start Terrible. that you're mm-hmm. just like, uh, "Okay, well, there's this little thing that you can kind of see out here, and and maybe grasp onto that. They're gonna be okay." And we don't have to do that anymore because they're winning no. ball games. Yeah, yeah, I, I said that, and I said that too. They got to get off to a good start. I mean, they were two and five last year. Year before that, I think one and one and eight or one and four or something like that. And you're you you know by the end of, of April, you're five games out of first place. It's really hard to come back. So yeah. that and, and people are like, oh, it's a long season. You're right, it is a long season, but you got to be in the race at the beginning to make it anywhere close because it's it's a long season. But these other teams, if they already got this big lead on you and they keep winning, yeah. and you are not consistent at winning you're not going to catch them most likely so starting the season five and one is was awesome and that has really been the key obviously the key to this season and that's what they've needed to do the last couple of years and i always threw it on i call david bell the, the mad scientist so oh, I, always, yeah. I always threw it on him because i'm like i don't know if these guys want to play for him you know 
<laughs> I don't. I don't know if these guys want to play for him or not. Nah, and that going with the playoffs, twenty-two in, innings, not scoring. I'm like, there's no, you know, fire. There's nothing there. It looked like they were all overthinking everything. This year, I don't know what he did, but it, it's completely changed. And these guys love playing for him. They're having fun, and I think the whole just not thinking as much. Because even look at Joey Votto. Joey Votto is just up there swinging. Last mm-hmm. year, it looked like he was just, you know, get, like you said, I get the launch angle, I got to do this. And the, they're just seeing the ball and swinging. And I, I don't know. I know Nick Cross said that, that that he preached that or whatever in in, in the offseason. And, and they've, they've all bought in. I mean, I know it's a long-winded explanation, but that's why I think the difference is between last year and this year. No, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just going to say, like, any good athlete just simplifies their process. I mean, that that's what you got to do. Yeah, you know, uh, I was sitting here with Jeff during last year's playoffs, and I got to tell you, he was more upset at David Bell. Oh, I was pissed. I mean, you would have thought his mama just drug him out of church and spanked him with a belt about yeah. 10, 12 lashes across. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? You know yeah. what? It went 22 innings without freaking scoring. I mean, and oh. so he, he started calling him uh, uh, Professor Bell, uh, Mad Scientist Bell, any kind of bell you could think of other than a regular bell. And, you know, we were sitting here this year. And it's kind of, we were talking, uh, Bell's back, you know, we looked at the lineup. I remember us talking about the lineup and then we lose Bauer. And, uh, but you know what? That's what makes this so beautiful. And all you guys out there that are Bengal fans, Buckeye fans, I, ha- I don't care if you're Wyoming fans, wherever you're watching from, that's what makes this sport so beautiful is because, one year, you can literally go 22 scoreless, whatever, it'd be horrible. And then you open up the next year as one of the best teams, one of the best slugging percentage teams, home run teams, uh, batting average teams uh, for the first six games or seven games. It, 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 it's amazing. It really is. And I don't – how do you feel about it when it comes to Bell? Do you feel like he's doing anything differently that – or is it the team – I think that I think a lot of it does have to do with him being a little bit more hands off. Uh, I think that in the past couple of years, you could about equate him to Geppetto. Like he was trying to control everybody with the marionettes and the strings and all that stuff. And it's like, well, we got to get this matchup and we got to get this specialist Mm -hmm. in here to face this guy. And it's like Major League Baseball told him, all right, relievers got to throw for at least three batters. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of had to make him change it up a little bit. And then they started getting a pretty solid, you know, lineup in there. It's not as if they are completely all platoon at every position. So you've got guys that you can't take out. Jesse Winker can hit left-handed pitchers. Now you can't take him out. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you're not going to take out Joe or Eugenio. And then you've got Castellanos who proved that he can at least field. He doesn't need a defensive substitute at the end of every game. And things like that that are just trying to simplify it for him. Because make no mistake about it, dude's managing for his job. But I think the biggest factor in this is he realized if I'm a little bit more hands-off and just kind of let some things fall the way that they may, I'm probably going to be a little bit more successful because he's not trying to 
pick the perfect scenario. It's it, he's like the reliever who was trying to strike the guy out on the first pitch. That's right. how he managed the last couple of years, and it seems that he's at least changed a little bit from that. Well, you you can tell that with the batting order. I mean, he yeah. would mix and match and platoon this guy and put this guy down here and had this guy lead off. He's making very very subtle changes, which is great. And mm. I've never understood the the whole thing of of of, of moving guys around because I think I mean I'll go back to to the big red machine. That was pretty much the same batting order almost the whole. Now I, w- I was two or one when they, they, they were born or they were in 75 to 76. But for one, I've read, <laughs> they were pretty much the same batting order almost the whole time. I, I know Sparky did switch some stuff out, but it's pretty much the same, the same lineup when the starters are in there in the same batting order. And that's one thing I'll give, I, like I said, I, I said, if, if Bell does good, I will say I was wrong and I'm wrong. He's doing really well. So, and I'm happy because I want him to do good. If you're, if you're wearing the Reds uniform, you're wearing a Bengals Jersey, you're wearing the Bearcats. I want you to do good. I'm going to call you out when you don't, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So I'm happy to be wrong. I'm I'm glad I'm good with it. Yeah. And I, I always default to, especially with the idea, because there there's a part of me that wants things to work a certain way, wants a bullpen to work a certain way, wants a lineup to work a certain way. But then there's the other part of me that realizes that, uh, well, baseball's not played by robots that's played by human beings and there are certain feelings that we all have we all want to go to work each day and understand the job that we are expected to do we all want to have at least some kind of a routine that we can be comfortable in and if you're telling a guy that one day he's got to come in and be the eighth hitter and then the next day he's got to come in and be the second hitter and then the next day he's hitting cleanup and then you know it just it doesn't work that way like human minds right. are not wired to be okay in literally every situation every single day so you got to find what works best for each individual player and then couple that with what works best for the team and that's what exactly. makes it so hard to be a manager of a baseball team or a coach of a football team because they all have to do that same thing. They got to manage human egos with the winning strategies and see how they best fit together in the puzzle that is success. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So yeah, you you uh, we're at six o'clock now. You you got time to hang out some more, or you, or, uh, or do you uh, need to need to jump off here, Jeff? Let's hang a bit. Cool, man. All right, I want to get this out there. Uh, to make sure everybody knows what you're watching. You're watching Sports with Strawberry Ice on YouTube. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. And our guest today from Locked on Reds is Jeff Carr. You can follow him at Twitter, with, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, right? Three Fs, two so Fs. Make sure you guys are follow, following him on there. He does the uh, Locked on Reds podcast. And every single day he's talking about his addiction is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. So that brings me to to the bullpen. What we were just talking about there of, of, of you know, I love uh, my favorite team of all time is the 1990 wire to wire team. I love the nasty boys. Yeah. I've been dying for the Reds to get something like that. I was kind of hoping they might have it this year with Sims and Garrett and maybe Michael Lorenzen. But Lorenzen's hurt. Garrett hasn't pitched all that great. So I, I, that's one my one concern with the team right now is we need to get more consistent consistency out of the bullpen what, what what are your thoughts on that so far it's it's those two guys at the top i think Doolittle has at least done some work to calm down a bit 
because earlier on it, it just didn't seem like he had it all there. And I think he's starting to get into a groove. So maybe he can become that third reliable option. And then also the, the, the whole idea with TJ Antone and trying to know what his role is going to be. I mean, obviously he is the rubber arm security blanket right now who can mm-hmm. throw one inning or you can throw three innings or you can throw, you know, he almost got a four inning save the other night in right. San Francisco. So it's, it's interesting to see how he is employed. He might be the best pitcher that they've got. So then you look at Amir Garrett and you look at the performances that he's turned in so far and you kind of wonder earlier on, he came in in two games that were blowout wins for the Reds. There was no need for him to worry about a save situation or anything like that. And you're thinking, okay, maybe he's a little bit relaxed in his mind and then he gives something up and then he gets himself keyed up and he's fine. Right. His last couple of outings have looked all right. And then Mm -hmm. Lucas Sims has just been a stalwart. He gave up that Mm -hmm. home run earlier on. I forget exactly who it was. I think it was against Arizona. Yeah, and, um, I think so, yeah. But outside of that, he has pitched a very nice, clean slate. And mm-hmm. so you've got the personality, uh, just kind of personality duplex that is Amir Garrett's fiery passion and mm-hmm. Lucas Sims' calm collectiveness on the mound. And I love seeing that. And I'm looking for I'm hoping that Doolittle can be that third cog in the wheel. And then right. everybody else is a middle relief option that kind of helps mm-hmm. out in the middle innings. But as it is right now, I, I am with you. Outside of those two guys, it is it's a coin flip. Like I love seeing El Perez and Carson Fulmer, but I know that they're not there yet. No, but per- Perez, he looked great his first like two, yeah. two and a half outings. And then here lately, it's you don't know what you're getting from him. Yeah, he he really has some trouble throwing strikes out in San Fran. I, now he's had two outings this past weekend that he was phenomenal at at least keeping Indians hitters off balance and not walking people. That's that's right. what I've been looking for the most with him. It's like the worst thing that you can do as a reliever is walk a guy, Mm -hmm. give Mm -hmm. up free passes on bases on balls and things like that. He's not been doing that here the last two outings, so hopefully he can continue that. But he falls squarely within that category of where's the consistency because he surely isn't being consistent right now. So hopefully he can keep the consistency with the good performances. Right, exactly. Now, one thing is cool, which Tommy's bringing this up, and I think it's pretty cool that the Reds are fourth in the uh, power rankings according to – uh, MLB.com, which I have that right here. Now, the funny thing is, if you look at SIs, I think they got their power rankings. They, they got the, the, the Cardinals above, above us, which I think is freaking crazy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I was just, I was laughing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of cool to actually see some, some, some love for, for the Reds. Cause I mean, yeah. last night on, on, uh, baseball tonight, the Sunday night broadcast, they're all about Beaver. Oh, Beaver did this. And Beaver did that. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you do realize that's the first game they won against us, right? I mean, we, we kicked their ass the other two games. Well, maybe we kicked their ass the first game. Second game, we came back on, you know, 10, ten innings and beat them. But that, that that just drives me nuts. It's like, well, look how dominating Justin Beaver – or not Justin Beaver. <laughs> look how dominating Beaver was. And I'm like, the Reds are in first place, guys. And there, there was no there was no love, no mention of it. I, you know, I understand they're talking about the game, but – just, I, don't know, I wish they'd throw the red some love or something, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I go with power rankings. I, I think it's kind of a measure of national respect in some cases, nas- at least national attention. Uh, I don't put a ton of stock on it. I know that the reds still have lots of work to do, 
to live up to a billion of top five team in the major leagues. But I love the fact that they're getting that sort of recognition from MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Yeah, Tommy says SI rankings are are still invalid. Mister Rapine needs to walk across the office and smack some of the sense into these guys. <laughs> <laughs> You go get him, Hey, you go get him, James. Go get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But hey, one thing I—the other thing I, that I like—I want to kind of get into. We talk about TJ Anton and, and the rubber arm that he is, and I think eventually he's probably going to be a starting uh, pitcher for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, uh, well, I want to say a lot. Crown Applegate is a regular viewer on here. Wanted Hunter Green up here, and I'm like, Hunter Green is not ready. And we mm-hmm. also got what? What's the? I can't. I, the escapes my mind. The other. Well, Miley yes, yeah. those are two that are in the wings for the Reds. So our pitching isn't going away anytime soon. And that's one thing that I love about the change that the Reds have done. Because for years, we could not develop a starting pitcher. I mean, we developed Tom Browning. And that was like the only one we developed that we sent. And the next one was like Johnny Cueto that yeah. we drafted and developed. And that was like 30 years difference, you know. But now we, we, we've got uh, these two coming up. We've we've developed Johnny Cueto. We you know it's it's changing as far as that goes, and that's one thing they're talking about last night on Sunday night uh, broadcast. The Cubs they can't develop pitching. The Reds right. can. That's going to help us maintain a a winning atmosphere. I think as long as you can keep replenishing the guys you're losing and hopefully add some free agency talent here and there. Not a ton. You just got to do it a little bit just to maintain the, the, the offense and the, and the good vibes that the team has. But these are good things that the Reds didn't have for years. Right. And even more so than just game-by-game game performance, it's like if you can develop pitching and, dare I say, get to the place where you have a surplus, then you can mm-hmm. use them as trade bait. Do you need a right. shortstop? Go get one. Do you need a first baseman? Go get one. Do you need, you know, insert position here? So mm-hmm. I I think the idea of the Reds bringing in Kyle Bodie and Kyle Bodie bringing along with him guys that have worked with him at driveline and mm-hmm. instituting those ideas into the Reds organizational development plan, I think that we are just going to see uh, this is literally the beginning, the very, very forefront of the Reds being able to develop pitching. And it's so exciting because, like, I, I mean, you think about Shane Beaver. Where was he a couple of years ago? Right. He's in the Indians minor league organization. They've mm-hmm. got all these young guys, like their their star reliever, which we didn't see a whole lot of him in this past series, but James Karinchak. And uh, they traded for that Class A guy. The Class A was pretty good. But they've got Karinchak. They've got um, uh, Savali, I think is his name, Adam Savali. But all these different guys that they're bringing up through their own organization that they're paying, you know, let, let's call it what it is. The Reds are a small market organization, and I yada, hate yada, that yada, term. Yada, but yada, yeah, yada. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. We, we get it. But if you can develop those guys and you don't have to pay them $40 million right. a year, then mm-hmm. you're going to build a very successful team. Yeah, that's the thing, because we're, we're not going to be able to keep everybody. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's just the way it is. We're going to be, you know, have guys and hopefully you try to, you, you sign them like, like, like Jonathan India, for example. I mean, that, that guy, if he, like I talked about before, if he isn't ready to play, I don't know if Gino's at, at shortstop. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, if you look at, at the guys in our lineup, I mean, Stevenson, he came up from uh, backup catcher. He came up from the Reds. We drafted him. India. We drafted Senzel. We drafted him. that. Those. That's what happened when we when we brought up guys like Jay Bruce and Joey Votto, and we went on that playoff run. I mean, this is what's happening. You sprinkle in guys from other places, and that's what makes winning baseball. And then if you lose guys, 
hopefully you have somebody to come up to, to replace them, or you made trades, like you said, with the guys that were surplus to add on. And that's that's what the Reds, that's the winning formula. That's what they have to keep doing. Hell, that's what the Cardinals do. And I hate the Cardinals. Yeah. I call them a Tweety that's Birds. Right. Yeah. But that's what they've done for years. And, yeah. And if you think about our pitching that we've got now and the homegrown pitching that we've got coming, just, just like, you know, you were talking about, Jeffrey, you know, with a lineup like we have now, New York would look at this lineup. If you took away the numbers, and, you know, and say, what what is this, money ball? You know, yeah, get, get, get these guys <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So the pitching is such an important part. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Reds guy from a long time ago. I've been in Alabama for a long time now, so I haven't been able to keep up with them constantly, but, but still quite a bit. And when I see, you know, what we have coming up and what we're showing right now with, with, with India himself, um, just, just with him, it gets me excited because man, if you've got guys batting 260 to 300, and, and, you know, they're hitting, you know, home runs by just about every other game. You got, you know, one or two of them hitting a home run. I can see this being a good team for a long time. Yeah, we're going to lose some. We're going to lose some players. But like Jeff was saying, we can pick somebody back up. And this could be something that could last. It, it It's not just going to be a one-year, two-year thing. I, I can see some, some momentum heading towards the Reds in Cincinnati. Yeah, because, I mean, it's that's what it's about. It's perennial contention. Because, like, I, I think about our, our our good buddy Jay Bruce announcing his retirement yesterday. It's like yep. you think back to 2010 and you think how happy you were. And then it hits you. That was 11 years ago. Right. What have we had since then? It's like yeah. two, 2012 was nice, but we don't have those general feelings. And, and you think of the yeah. All-Star game in 2015, but that didn't have – you know, the, the implications that Clinchmas had, you know, I want more of that. I, I want to feel about this team, not just hope that there's something coming down the road. I want to be celebrating what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that, I think I agree with you, Jeremy. I think, I think we're close to that. I do too. Yeah. And well, that, that was the problem when we had the end of that run, there yeah. was nothing in the minor leagues. There was no replacement and they couldn't afford, let's be honest, to sign everybody. I mean, they, they couldn't. I mean, right. so that that's the thing that has to be in place this time on on this run. I think it's the beginning. I do think it's the beginning of a a couple. Well, last year we made a playoff last year. It was the beginning of a hopefully a couple of years playoff run here, and hopefully eventually World Series. That would be awesome. But th- that's what has to happen. That's that's sustainable. And I, I always going to bring up uh, Jay Bruce, and it, it, it is it makes me it makes me feel really old that he's retiring because I do remember him yeah. coming up and you know and 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 I, I was at the the clinchmas game the the 2010 when he hit the walk off home run the clinch yeah. the NF Central me and my son were there we were going freaking nuts it was that I always remember him for that and it's just it, and I really liked what Joe Vado said uh, about yeah yesterday and and what he meant to to Joey and how close they were as teammates and stuff. And it's nice to, to, to hear that because you could tell, you can, you, you can tell when somebody's being genuine and Joey Votto was being genuine about how he felt about Jay Bruce. And I know, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, Frazier, not Kevin Frazier, Todd Frazier tweeted yeah. out his, uh, uh, sentiments about, about Joey or about Jay Bruce retiring too. So it's just, it's sad, 
but it's also kind of nice just to hear those things and, and to, to remember that run. That run was great. It all, you know, we all remember the all we got to do is win one freaking playoff game against the Giants and we can move on. But yeah. besides that, it was fun while that lasted. And that's where the point I'm bringing back to, we got to have the minor leagues and, and guys ready to go to replace the guys that we're not going to be able to afford. And that's where I think the Reds are, are at right now. And they're in a good spot. No, they are yeah. good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, and also, too, to add on to that, like the minor league development is awesome, but then you also have the added in the added weapon. It's not really a weapon. The added resource. Let's go with resource. It sounds okay. The, of Derek Johnson. He's mm-hmm. not a weapon. He's a resource. He, he is able to develop these guys that are deemed reclamation projects. If Sean Doolittle awesome. can keep on working it, like mm-hmm. that's just another thing that, okay, so – if you need a spot fill in, if, if you need to go out and get a guy during the off season, maybe a non-roster invitee and bring him in, Derek Johnson has that capability to figure out what it is that ails this guy in a short period of time, tweak it and get him right back out there working. Yeah. Now the, I, I remember we had a pitching coach back in the nineties who would do that a lot, Don Gullett, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> he was really good. Like Pete Shirk, he got him off the, the scrap heap and he made him, you know, runner up to Cy Young or whatever in, in, in 90, 94, 95, whatever year that was. But the problem, it was only the development at that level was only at the major league level. We had no development in the minor leagues. They have a system announced from a ball all the way up. It's the same system. So that, that's that's where it's, like you said, it's sustainable that we can grow and, and hopefully develop into a consistent winner. I mean, how – what would that be like you know consistently a a chance to win and that's the way when i was a kid that's in i grew up in the 80s i know we didn't we finished second a ton but we were consistently in the hunt you know now if they had the playoff like they do now we would have made the playoffs a couple more times you had to win your division and then wild card or any of that stuff back then so and that's the thing too is the way baseball is set up it's set up for more teams to be active and more fans to have fun because their teams actually have chances to win. And that's what I love about what's going on with the Reds right now. Exactly. That's true. Hey, and I do got to say one quick thing, or I know my 73 year old, uh, 73 year old father who is probably watching or will watch. He knew Don Gullett and watched him grow up and loves him and if i wouldn't have told you guys that he would have probably been heading <laughs> to find me so want to let exactly. you guys know and dad you you knew don gollett <laughs> there you go anyway there you go. Well, moving on well the reds are off tonight and then they take on the diamondbacks tomorrow tomorrow night now hopefully they will get them back and that's when they when they went out west i said this before they went out west, they suck when they go out west. Yeah. They always do. They have not played good out west and God knows how long. So that's another reason I wasn't uh, I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. But they got the Diamondbacks and then you got the Dodgers coming in. That is going to be the series to me that it's put up or shut up time. Are we for real or are we just, you know, playing around here? I think we're for real, but we're definitely going to find out when that series, that's going to be fun to watch. It's, Man, it's going to be tough because it's so Arizona for three, then they go out to St. Louis for three, then they go out to L.A. for three, then they come back and Chicago comes here. The Cubs come here. So it's like nine games where 
they got to be on it. And I know the Cubs are down and the Cubs are having like historically bad offensive numbers, but it would be the most Reds thing ever for the Cubs to come back and figure that out that right. series. So right. can they kick the Cubs while they're down? Can mm-hmm. they compete with the Dodgers and can they take on the Cardinals in Bush mm-hmm. and do some good damage against them? Because that's going to be an important thing. Like they take two out of three to start the year in great American but you've also got to go to their place a couple of times as well. So how do they handle that stress? Exactly. So it, we, it's like I said, it, it ain't over by far. We got they got to continue to keep Long winning yeah. and stay. I mean, key to everything: stay healthy. And which Aquino, he's he's out. Moose has been sick, but they're still winning, and we're still looking pretty good. So it's about six twenty-one. I think I'm gonna let you roll on out of here, Jeff. But hey, I appreciate it, and just let everybody know where they can uh, they can follow you and, and about your podcast. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show's pot or Twitter, the podcast Twitter at Locked On Reds. Also follow the uh, podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Don, awesome. you've done that before. Yeah. A couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, you have a wonderful day and take it easy, man. Nice, man. Jeremy, good talking with you. Thanks, Jeff. All right, well, we got some red. We got Reds talking there in the chat's blowing it up about the draft. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> what are we going to do? I, we're, I, hey, I'm in my Reds apparel, Reds hat. I could have put a big painted a big Steve behind me, but hey, all the reason I got Reds or Bengals on because I got my new jersey today. I'm like, now nah, I'm wearing that on the show, dude. I got to wear that. Come on, man. Oh yeah, oh definitely, especially day one, man. Exactly. I'll I'll have I'll have some. Well, tomorrow I have Bearcat stuff on because tomorrow we're gonna have uh, Chad Brendel on the show. Uh, for the first half hour, so we can talk to him about the new Bearcat head coach, um, Wes Miller, and see if he knows of any of the Bearcats that are coming back or anything that's going on with the portal transfer or anything like that. So check out, if you're a Bearcat fan, definitely check out the first half hour of the show. Don't be late, because he will be on there. That brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds, rounding third, heading for home, Bearcat Country, Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, which is just a virtual bar. You can hang out. You can follow me on all my social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, which I have 1,011 likes and 1,098 people following that. On Twitter, you can follow me at Jeff A. Trenopole or just look up Sports Strawberries. It should pop up. I have 386 people following me, following me there. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. YouTube said it's awesome. I am trying so hard to get to this, but I'm at 1,001 subscribers. So I appreciate you guys. Let's keep it rolling. Try to get 2,000. And other than that, Jeremy, help us roll on out of here. You got it, brother. Just want to reiterate thanks to all you groups. I, I, know that there's probably about 20 of y'all that let me throw them on there throw our show up thank you guys thank you guys for watching we're over a thousand now we're going to go to two and then from two we're going to go to 20 it that's how that's how it's going to work by the just letting you guys know yeah exactly yeah (laughs) um but other than that and as always remember one thing and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Who day? Keep telling your friends to subscribe, baby. Who day? Go Reds and just.
Sports, baby. See ya!